We're on the air. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, you gonna flush or? <laughs> You're listening to G7 Radio, broadcasting live from the Emma Goldman Autonomous Zone, 91 Albert in Street, Winnipeg, Winnipeg Manitoba, Manitoba, Canada, North America, the world, the Western Hemisphere, the world. The solar system. Isn't it weird? The we Milky live, Way. We live on a planet. Yep. It's fucking bizarre. Strange. It is. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, um, that was Interzone. Scarborough, Ontario's Interzone. Isn't that weird? That band's from Scarborough? It's very strange, but it's, it's also strange. Insane. It's Rob Bernatti from Sacrifice's band that he had together in the 90s. Isn't that funny? They were together in the 90s? It is. That's and they so were called Interzone, up. and the record was called Sidonia, which, speaking of planets, sounds kind of like Caledonia. to be the feature upon Mars that people thought was a face. The song was called Crown of Lies, and ladies and gentlemen, today's theme... We are bestowing. We are bestowing crowns of lies upon various... Dick-headed fox institutions. And today, the first crown of lies I'd like to dedicate to Sergeant Kelly Dennison of the Winnipeg Police Services. If you're out there, Kelly, and you're listening, you are a piece of my you piece of Why don't you go some rich piece of 
Sergeant Kelly Dennison of the Winnipeg Police Services, we at G7 bestow upon you the first official crown of lies. Sergeant Kelly Dennison told the press that cyclists participating in a critical mass, which is a bike awareness ride in Winnipeg, attacked members of the Winnipeg Police Force. It's funny because we viewed videotape from the event, courtesy of DWD, a media collective upstairs from us here at 91 Albert Street, that actually indicated the complete opposite. The police, the po-po, attacked the cyclists. Clearly, so clearly it's fucking, it's enraging. And in addition... We, in addition... In addition to the police assaulting cyclists while they were arresting them, there were two undercover police there. You could pick them out because they looked like... Uh, Cops. Ex-jock football players who... Uh, were too fat and stupid for the team. Yeah, so they had to join the police force. And then they stick them in golf shirts. Yeah, they were too dumb to run their dad's business. And uh, they're there on video picking a fight physically picking a fight with one of the cyclists in an attempt to elicit a physical reaction so they would have an excuse to crack down further. But they didn't get it. But they didn't get it. And there is also documentation of them assaulting photographers trying to document the event. Photographers working for local newspapers. Which uh, photographers? uh, One being John Schledowitz. Oh, fuck. He probably had it coming. I'd punch that guy too. Dick. (laughs) And also John Woods, who is a photographer for the Winnipeg Sun. Hmm, I'm outraged. Attempting to uh, take their cameras, take the lenses off. Detaining John was actually detained. Maybe they were just trying to figure out how they worked. Oh, like they wanted a lesson. Yeah, like they were monkeys. <clears throat> yeah. Like, What's this? <laughs> Go on. So this is... It, it's a... Uh, Multiple documented instances of abuse of power by the police. And uh, go to our website where we have a link where you can view these videos courtesy of Data World Data Productions. And uh, yeah, we promise that you will be shocked and enraged. Or maybe not. Maybe not shocked, just continually angered by the run of the mill behavior of the police state. So uh, I, I would suggest, uh, short of blowing up the public safety building, which no one at G7 actually publicly endorses, I would suggest writing letters to your city councillors, those of you who live in Winnipeg, and I would suggest the rest of you keep an eye on the cops in your city because this fucking society over here in the West is getting more and more polarized between people who want freedom and democracy and people who want to maintain the status quo people who want to entrench more wealth and more power and happen to have the police at their disposal to help them do it police are fucking pathetic in that sense yes they have to be held stringently accountable to the most explicitly high and rigorous standards of conduct because they are entrusted in society with power beyond the power that any other citizen has agreed routinely abused yeah in effect people claim we're living in a democracy we're not we're at the we're at the foothills of what could be a democracy someday we are living in in a minimum security prison but we're well on our way to evolving into a full pinochet style police state if people don't get wise to how the fucking system works and you can't reason with the police state, can you, Derek? No, there's no reasoning. You know, there's only one language they understand. That's right. English. English. Oh, I oh, mean English. Oh, oh, violence. English. Oh, oh violence. Violence.
was that was Mogwai with Glasgow Mega Snake from Mr. Beast. And before that, of course, Minor Threat with Screaming at a Wall. So that's our rant against the cops lying to the press. Now, if we can turn it around, Derek, uh, don't we have some, a, crown of, a second crown, a runner-up in the Crown of Lies series? I don't know if it's a runner-up. This might even be worse. I can't I tell. This, this, I think this may be worse. This is a uh, Crown of Lies for the fucking Asper family. Yeah, Crown of Lies for the National Post, owned by Canwest Global, owned by the Aspers. Very powerful family. So a couple weeks ago, I'm biking to work, and I bike by a National Post shit box, newspaper box, yeah. and the headline says... Iran eyes badges for Jews. I stopped, obviously. No kidding. Seeing this. And accompanying the story. Yes. On the front page was a large picture of two people. I saw it. Wearing yellow star badges uh, from Nazi-occupied Germany or... It, it, it was unspent, perhaps Poland. You know, from the Second World War. And the story went on to say that Iran was discussing this. First thing I thought to myself, I thought, this is a lie. This is, this is a lie concocted to psychologically prepare the populace right. for the bombing of Iran. It is the National Post. It As is the I, National Post. Now, I'm not, you know, not going to say that this type of thing could never happen in Iran. It is a, an Islamic fundamentalist regime, extremely repressive, extremely repressive regime. And there is certainly a lot of anti-Semitism in Iran. But I just thought to myself, this, this just cannot be true. I know this. Given the time, given the political climate, this is a lie. And I remarked to you, Chris, when I came in, you know, I want yes, to look into this. This seems like a lie. And then I totally forgot about it. And then uh, the next week, lo and behold, you, Chris, you come into work and you say, you know what? It turns out that, thing, that story was a lie. I get on the internet, I look around, and uh, the National Post, they had deleted the story from their website. It just disappeared entirely, and they have a new story headline, Experts Say Report of Badges for Jews in Iran is Untrue. Of course, this story was not on the front page. Right. The Very. damage is done. The psychological uh, battle has been won yeah. because people have seen the headline. It's planted. It's the same with linking Sudan with 9-11 before the invasion of Iraq. It's the same bullshit, different pile. What had actually happened is that Iran passed new dress code legislation for the country uh, where they wanted Islamic men to dress in a certain way, Islamic women to dress in a certain way, to be in accordance with their strict interpretation of Islamic law. Which is lame on its own. Which obviously is fucking unbelievable. But unrelated. To but, the un issue. but unrelated to uh, implying that there is going to be a second Holocaust in Iran coming up. The, the National Post is owned by the Asper family, who they're extremely they are extremely anti-Palestinian. Yeah. In fact, David Asper, I believe, has uh, been quoted as saying that what do you do? The Palestinians are our enemy, and what do you do with your enemy? You wipe them out. Asper's a racist. He happens to be very rich, and he owns. Uh, he has access to the means of uh, mass media, and has used it again to serve his ideological interests. At yes. the and I must emphasize at the potential expense of human lives. Yes. Yeah. It's Fucking piece this of story, shit. And this story was picked up the next day by the New York Post, right-wing New York Daily newspaper. They picked it up. They ran it on their front page. Even after that same night. The night before, there were already questions about the uh, authenticity of the story. So it just it, this it is just one example that goes to show you how the mass media works. Like the national, so a major national newspaper in Canada, and then an influential daily newspaper in one of the largest cities in the U.S. They run with a story. They run a false story. They run a false story on their front page. The seed is planted. The damage is done. Yeah. That's all it takes. And then the correcting story is not run on the front page, obviously. It's bullshit. It is, it's calculated. And, you know, when asked about it, the Aspers say, ah, it's a mistake. Mistakes happen all the time. Yeah. I need a beer. I need two. Two beers? Yeah. At once. Anyway, fuck. What the fuck are we playing now, Derek? Yeah, on that subject, your system of a down with attack! Don't you mean... Pizza, 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 pizza,
That was Etrope from Chicago, home of the deep dish pizza and Al Capone. That was from their 1985 opus entitled Amnesty. It's funny because I've always thought that band was called Zoetrope. A rookie mistake, Derek. A rookie mistake. I'm a rookie. Now, Derek, two days ago was a very important date to a lot of people. What was it? Father's Day? Depends on who your father is. If he was the Prince of Darkness, yes. Then Father's Day. It was 666. June 6, 2006. You know, those 666 dates don't come along very often. No. Only once every 666 years, I'm told. Now, earlier we were talking about the crowns of lies we are bestowing upon people. Let's, Derek, I would like to propose... No, finally, not, I, not, I do not that kind of proposal. Oh, uh, oh God! Shit. I would, I'd like to suggest. <gasps> are, you, are you being suggestive with me? No, no, I'm not. Not uh, that kind of suggestion. Oh, shit, I would like to put forward. <gasps> are you gonna put yourself forward? No, not that kind of. Put forward. I would like to submit. <gasps> now you're being submissive, Derek. No, like not that. that kind of submission. Oh, I would like to advance. <gasps> Are you making advances? No, on no, me? no, 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 no. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me put it another way. I would like to adduce. Oh, <gasps> you are so cheeky. Hey, look, not that kind of adduction. What? I'm just trying to broach. (gasps) Finally. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a marriage proposal, Derek. I wanted to propose that. Right, okay. We actually, as we had bestowed the crown of lies upon liars, we bestow a crown of truth upon someone seeking truth. Okay. And uh, the man's name is Dr. Michael Persinger. Never heard of him. You're about to. The sense presence, which is the possible prototype of a God experience, is a property of the human brain. It can be studied experimentally within the laboratory, and it can be evoked by appropriately applied magnetic fields whose temporal structure simulate natural brain patterns. And that's where it becomes exciting for the next 40 or 50 years, because now we've got the technology to really understand this cosmic phenomenon, historical phenomenon. Wow. Dr. Michael Persinger. That was him. Who the fuck is he, Derek? Tell you who he is. He is a neuropsychologist at Laurentian University. And he's been doing research there that suggests that uh, by massaging both the left and right hemispheres of the brain. Those aren't hemispheres. With electrical fields, electromagnetic fields. Oh. Uh, It's possible to induce in his research subjects a sense of spiritual presence, which could be anything from God or Jesus to aliens or UFO presences or... Anything supernatural, all of that depending, of course, on your cultural upbringing and your predisposition. You're saying if you were brought up Catholic, perhaps you'd experience the Virgin Mary. Yes. If you were brought up on the Starship Enterprise, you might see Spock. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So what are the, what are the larger implications, do you think, dear, of, of reproducing these, uh, these sense presences in, uh, in these human lab subjects? Not that we really needed more reason to point to, I think, the fallacy of religion, but I think this provides a scientific basis to maybe explain to people why these things happen because religious experiences are often used as an uh, inscrutable evidence. People have these experiences and they claim that no science can disprove them speaking to God. Right. Whereas this actually is science explaining that. Right. And I think, Dr. Michael Persinger himself claims that his research is not to demean anyone's religious or mystical experience, but to instead determine which portions of the brain generate the experience. 
Right, right. He Even also it. says that his research has been encouraged by the historical fact that most wars and group degradations are coupled implicitly to God beliefs and to the presumption that those who do not believe the same as the experient are somehow less human and hence expendable. Although these egocentric propensities may have had adaptive significance, I think he means historically, yeah. their utility for the species' future may be questionable. Grim, in That's fact. from his website. Why don't we listen to a, a sample from a speech he gave on TV Ontario's Big Ideas podcast. Yay! Yay! Subject A. This is a 21-year-old female with a history of diabetes. Burst firing. You know, what it lo- you know what it looks like now. Burst firing was applied at three millisecond point durations bilaterally. Here's what she experienced. I felt a presence behind me and then along the left side. When I tried to focus on it, its positions, the presence moved. Every time I tried to sense where it was, it moved around. When it moved to the right side, I experienced a deep sense of security like I had not experienced before. I started to cry when I felt it slowly fade away. She hadn't realized it, but we had changed the field parameters. So when you stimulate the right hemisphere in large part, the experience is on the left side, and you get a sense usually of aversion. It's not an accident that sinistra and sinistral and left-handed is often associated with evil and negative and, and aversive or unpleasant experiences. Whereas if you stimulate the, right hem- the left hemisphere, you get right-sided experiences, and they're often verbal. When you have a right uh, a experience stimulating the, the left hemisphere, which means it's on the right side, you often get verbal experiences because the left hemisphere is involved with language. So very often, well, there not only be a presence, but the person may hear their name called, whispered, or there may be a message given. In this case, what's really important about this case is that by the very fact that she tried to focus on the presence, which means that she changed her own activity, the changes in activity due to volition interacted with the applied field to produce a dynamic experience that it was moving around her. Wow. Intriguing stuff. Dr. Michael Persinger. Yeah, pretty interesting. And you know, maybe we should say this is just one researcher that's uh, certainly no science is ever infallible. But this is nonetheless groundbreaking. Seems like it. Could lead to, uh, you know, a broad new field in science understanding this. And more importantly, a broad shift in social understanding of how the brain works and why we believe the things or experience the things we do. Yes, this which is, is true. important, critical, Derek, in terms of social policy. Would you agree with me there? I would agree. I, I tend to think that we don't need this information to be not using religions, re- religion and religious experiences to shape social uh, and national, international policy. Mm. This should be obvious already. Right. But if this research helps, I say more power to it. All right. Everybody out there, put your God helmet on. Because this is HR from Bad Brains. A man born with a God helmet. Let me for tomorrow, we generate the courage today. It's your will. About to quake and now. Dungeon. 
one next on the clump Live right eternally
finest export, the X. Heineken? With Frenzy from Starters and Alternators. We're back here. G7, live from the Emma Goldman Autonomous Zone in Winnipeg, Canada. Today we have a very special motherfucking guest. Sitting right across from me. <laughs> there he is. You're na- Don't do that. You're nasty. Don't fart in here. That's the one thing we Stop ask. That. Don't we do want, that. The only thing we ask is don't fart in here. Yeah. Well, no farting. And get your unless it's from your, your mouth. This isn't the same mic uh, that George, George is farting is into, is it? Yeah. Eat it. So the people asked to have Todd Kowalski on this radio show. Yeah, there show, was a great demand. And we responded. Thank you. And here you are. Yeah. I've been hard to get a hold of lately. Uh, yeah. Like my status has went up lately. What, what I wanted to ask you, let's, let's just get this out of the way. I wanted to ask you off the bat, how has your life changed since you were voted as one of the world's, world's sexiest vegetarians? I'm shocked. By PETA2.com. Yeah. A very well, reputable website. I know. Well, the 45,000 voters who voted for me all said, uh, well, I guess I'm hot. You actually placed, what was it, fifth to Prince? Yeah. The guy who played the Hobbit? You were fifth overall? Yeah. I believe uh, that's I believe Slightly that's behind Natalie Portman. Slightly behind some kid named Benji. How did George do in the competition? <laughs> George Zamaleski placed... 564th, Chris. Hmm. Not Out of bad. 563. Not bad for a very strange, strange man who smells. Not unlike... I think that Jord maybe didn't put the promotional oomph into the campaign that Todd here did. I didn't. He, I actually saw him postering on the street uh, mm. here in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah. So how do you intend... Todd Kowalski. Yes, Chris. How do you intend to parlay this newfound fame? Yeah, into, leverage uh, it. Leverage it into fame and fortune. Well, I guess you have the fame. When's the fortune coming? Well, or you're going to leverage it into maybe uh, good for humanity. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of going out and buying some new clothes, getting a good haircut, but mm, then I right. thought, what's the point? No. I yeah. already beat all Dennis yeah. Lixum and all those guys <laughs> just yeah. sitting here. Was he on the just list? Just sitting here looking good, you know, Ian staying Ma- clean, Ian McKay was on the list too. Who's that? Ian McKay was on the list. Oh, you beat him out. How? How did, how? How, did, how? how did I beat him? How did he get on the list? <laughs> how, did, how did I get on the list? But of course, how did I get on the list? But then the public votes. I'm raised to an altitude unlike Actually, you I think there is, a, there, there is a backstory to how you got on the list, isn't there? Did, didn't it, wasn't it the oh, yeah. case that you were actually removed from the list? I was. Unilaterally by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and then you... Uh, reinstated yourself on said That's list. That's true. I really thought that this was a list worthy of being on. I thought, yeah. this deserves to be reinstated. Yeah. Just, were, just in the name of society. My, my question is, why wasn't I on this list? It, it actually reminds me of that time I showed up in that white blouse with the cows on it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he said... Only society says that's... Shut up! <laughs> Only society said that shirt was wrong. I know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean it, too. Yeah. I mean that from the bottom yeah. of my heart. I don't know if society did say that that shirt was wrong. Society did. Society. How do you think it ended up at Value Village? Yeah. If that was a Pierre Cardin or a Garden yeah. Gartrell. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Todd the Rod Kowalski. Yes, Chris. You have been volunteering at a place in Winnipeg called Welcome Place. Oh, yes. Can you explain to us what this is? Well, if someone was to come from, from somewhere, like wherever country they may be from. An immigrant. A, yeah, or a refugee more. A refugee. Yeah, there's a different place for immigrants, I guess. But hmm. if you come to Winnipeg as a refugee, the Welcome Place hooks you up with a place to live for a while or help... Uh, you know, understanding the city, or you might not understand too much about Canada or what's the, going the on. Culture, yeah, the culture, the language. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I should they go help there. with language, uh, help you get a job, perhaps, or help you learn how to find a job, uh, anything. Yeah. But what I have been doing there, I guess, is going, well, I take people on city tours. So if you haven't, don't know, uh, where to go in Winnipeg to get a library card or to, y. y, to yeah. Y, where we uh, 
few weeks ago, me and five ladies from Eritrea spied on one George Samoleski lifting weights at the Y. <laughs> and I told them, yes, here's Winnipeg's strongest man. And uh, <laughs> we watched him grunt and groan. And, and then he saw us, got all embarrassed, uh, pulled on his little piece of chub under his shirt and made a little joke to us. And then we were on our way. Where is the welcome place in Winnipeg? Uh, the welcome place is on uh, Quapel and Carlton Street. More right Carlton near Central Street. Park? Yeah, just down there. Yeah, yeah, right across by Central Park. So we're going to take a break from this conversation, come back to it. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you play a song? Yeah, okay. What song would you like to play first? Well, I will say that uh, we'll play a little Canaan here from, uh, he's from Somalia. Mm-hmm. And the song is called In the Beginning, Chris. Now, why are you choosing this song? Why I'm, this artist? Uh, Kanan, I don't know, Chris. It just, uh, it speaks to me in a subtly different way. And I suppose... Just subtly. Yeah. A subtle way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This song just, it's more my mood today. And uh, he's actually coming here and playing the uh, Winnipeg Folk Fest coming up in mm. the summer. So I might So is Greg out. McPherson. There you go. Another refugee. <laughs> From sanity. All right, this is Tina in the beginning. This is a good song, people. So, in the beginning, there was a hum from a poet whose balls fell. Drum, drum, drum. He would perform praise and all to one day hear the voice call. Come, come, come. This bitch is a movie, bitch is caution. This bitch is a thing that's a little lost. People get held back by the voice inside them. Yo, the voice said, I'm poised to speak inside you. Rejoice in the the dark in the eyes of the youth there are question marks like freedom freedom for the mind and soul we don't see them see them for their worth at all that's why we lead them lead them to these wars and what is it we feed them feed them our impurities and who it is we treat them treat them like the enemy humanity will need them need them like the blood we spill and we're freedom freedom for the hearts who feel mislead them they hunger for the love we give but we cheat them the cops beat them when all he wants is his freedom so they defeat him whatever spirit he's got beat him and they teach him the rest of the world don't need him and he believes it's a disease that He's even put up your fist if all you want is freedom. Put up your fist if all you want is That was a fucking killer song, Todd. Thanks, Chris. I made that myself. Now, why does why should Welcome Place exist? What, what's the benefit to to people living here hmm. for it to exist? Well, in my opinion, the great thing is to learn stuff about other people. That's why I'm there mostly. 
and to help anyone new to the city. Uh, I think it's in the best interest of all of us to try to make other people have better lives. I guess economically or whatever, it is in, in the city's best interest to make sure people are set up and having good lives here rather than showing up and not knowing what to do and uh, ending up, you know, having to do something, you know, like there is some, some people do end up in perhaps in gangs and that. and Yeah, turning to like crime. A, yeah, it's a possibility, but, you know, I would say that's a, actually a very small percentage of people and perhaps a smaller percentage than there is goofs in river heights uh little rich kids smashing cars and that um but Guilty I'd say as economically it's better but to be honest the economics of it doesn't you know what i mean even if even if they were a drain if i had to pay 50 bucks a week out of my own pocket or something you know and everybody did i would still think i would want them here so that doesn't really matter to me but i learn if I want to talk about Iraq or something, it's better for me to talk to someone from Iraq. Mm-hmm. Or you want to learn about Somalia or the world or or the travel of refugees or anything. You know, if you want to learn about something, it's you might as well get it from the source from there. Yeah. Like, what's the point of asking uh, Ron Kowalski the voyage of someone else? <laughs> well, listeners. There you have it, from Todd Kowalski's mouth, his own beliefs. I think he would call them my beliefs. Yes, here is Possessed. I was thinking about this little song today on the bus. (laughs) And I was thinking, I kind of enjoy how this song's actually about killing people who uh, cut down and insult your metal way of life. You know, isn't that kind of beautiful? I can dig it. And the thing I actually really like about this song is it's not at all tongue-in-cheek. And at one point in my life, I understood it perfectly. And on certain days, I still understand. (laughs) My belief. Possessed. Oh, you... (laughs) You fucking... I told you not to fart in here. Didn't I tell him that, Derek? I I was here when you said it. You... Don't do that. This is why you don't get into that. Oh, really? Out of the run. You do that all the time.
that's it for another episode of G7 Radio. I can hardly believe uh, it's the end. I know. That one wasn't as good as the others, I thought. Uh, We've been we're under a, a little lot rusty. Of... We're, a little, we're a little under some strain. Yeah, a lot of stress and strain. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, we've been getting organized. We've actually got to fucking get out of here and get yeah, on Yeah, our plane. plane's leaving in like 20 minutes. Yeah, we've got to make it to Ottawa yeah. for uh, the Bilderberg Conference. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's just a bunch of friends of ours. Yeah. We get we together once a year. Talk about things on the planet. Yeah, discuss policy. Uh, this year we're going to be talking about Iran and oil crisis, just stuff like that. You know what really bugs me, though, about this? Like, all the people that come out of the woodwork, like these fucking conspiracy theorists. Oh, the kooks. Yeah. The kooks. Yeah. yeah. The crazy kooks who allege that this meeting is about world domination. Oh, yeah, that, that one's my favorite. We're a cadre of elite running the world. Yeah, yeah, like as if we run the it's world. It's so crazy. Like, as if an organization that includes European royalty, national leaders, political power brokers, and heads of the world's biggest companies run the world. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's totally insane. I mean, what is so crazy about uh, the heads of Coca-Cola, Credit Suisse, and the Royal Bank of Canada, along with David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, Governor George Pataki, yeah. the Queen of Holland, yeah. and other media moguls, including the Globe and Mail publisher, Philip Crowley. Yeah. What do these people have in common in, in any way? They're just a bunch of dudes getting together, yeah. and they, just, they like to shoot the shit, and they don't want the media there to put a damper on things, so they just like to keep it secret. Yeah. It's like there's no privacy anymore. Anyway, so we got to get going, uh, and we just want to give an extra special shout out to the U.S. Right military boys. U.S. of A. Whoop! Al Zakari, we got him. We, we got, got him. We got him. Bagged. He's gone. Bagged and tagged. We're free. We're finally free.